weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that stares into the icy abyss and laughs. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're giving you what you want, and we're Mm going to turn our heads all the way around and look back at 2016 and talk about some of our favorite things be it mm-hmm. releases, moments, uh, n- new things we've seen, stuff we remember, just all the good stuff that yeah. happened in 2016. All the horrifically wonderful things of 2016. And there were a host of those. Yes, there were. And speaking of those things, this is your chance to rem- <coughs> our chance to remind you we are part of the Phantom Podcast Network. Phantom. And you can find all of our past episodes and a host of other horrific podcasts over at downrightcreepy.com. Or if you're like me and you do like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your memory hole. Very good on that one. And so <laughs> we've been, it's been a while. It is the brand new year here. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off December with a bang. Yep. We had our Silent Night, Deadly Night commentary. Which was fun. Our Gremlins uh, a little bit, you know, and we were we planned on Black Christmas and Krampus. Mm-hmm. That was my bad, gang. Well, you know, things happen. It's, you it's, know, family uh, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You have to attend to that, right? You have to look at priorities. Exactly. And but we're here. It's a new year. Exactly. Right? And so and so. Speaking of those priorities, we wanted to make sure to get back into things, mm-hmm. uh, start anew, and by starting anew, sometimes you do have to look back. Most and, you definitely. know, obviously, if you don't learn from history, you're, you're bound to repeat it. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And sometimes it's not necessarily looking at the mistakes, but it's also looking at all the good shit that happened. Uh-huh. And in in terms of the the podcast itself, you know, 2016 was fantastic. Yeah, it was. You know, we got to talk to many more people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my things that I remember uh, back when we did our initial kind of look back at 2015 was we did have some horror resolutions. Mm-hmm. And one of mine I know specifically was to make sure and explore newer horror mm-hmm. or to get out of my comfort zone. And I, I'm glad, I know I definitely hit my goal, right? but I know I could have done better. Right. Well, you know, it's like, a, uh, I'm going to lose weight. I lost two pounds, but I gained four, you know? So it's all about the half full, half empty thing. Subtraction but by addition and yeah, so forth. Yeah, I think, I think if you keep the same resolutions, because my same resolutions is to see new horror as well. And like I, like you said, we've seen some new stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but we could see more. So, oh, there's always you know, more There's always there. more to see. So there's more stuff to do. We have our homework ahead of us, but at the same time, I think what we've seen so far has been pretty good. It's been fantastic. Yeah. And so yeah. we definitely wanted to look back in terms of you know movies that we've seen Mm -hmm. uh things we've experienced all of these things related to horror Mm -hmm. and definitely kind of a retrospective episode so that being said how would you like to start our look back at 2016 um well let's just i would like to start with uh, my choice for the best wide release horror of 2016 so wide release are you talking about in terms of multiple theaters um major 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 distribution in a way type thing okay okay Okay, so mine for it came down to two for me because there was a, there was some stuff. It was not necessarily a dry year, but at the same time, the cream rose to the top for me. And this one, speaking of sweet cream, uh, the first it's the witch. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought it was one of the best uh, horror movies to come along in a long time when it's 
not necessarily horror, more psychological, more theater of the mind horror. And it got shit on by a lot of people. And it was such a divisive movie, which I think what a good horror movie should be. And if you go back and listen to our episode we did on The Witch, it was one of our, I don't want to say deeper conversations that we had. Right. But I really think this is one of those horror films that plays into other as you mentioned it's mm-hmm. not it's it's very divisive and i think that's one of the more interesting conversations we can have within 2016 yeah. is the evolution of the horror film mm-hmm. in terms of what we've always associated it with and what it is truly becoming or what it has to evolve into and any good uh, signature of a good movie whether it be horror comedy whatever is sparks discussion and i think the, the witch sparked many discussions not only between us but between the horror movie and the general movie going video uh, consumers in general so I think that's why this one was the best horror movie and I think we were very fortunate too when we went and saw it in the theater we Mm -hmm. had very good experiences Mm -hmm. in terms of a good um, a good eager crowd right but they weren't ready to shit on it because I've also heard people say you know if I had a better because they they said they they had a horrible crowd like they just turned on them at Mm -hmm. one point the, the, the movie because it is a slower burn mm-hmm. and that's something we i know that you know in terms of our taste we kind of gravitate towards too. yeah and if you don't like foreign language movies i mean not that this is a foreign language no, yeah, no, but it's, it's is, also it's, it's a kind of a foreign language it's you know? kind of like when you watch it uh, the first time i watched attack the block i had to put on the subtitles because <laughs> those damn accents were so right, thick i was right. like wait, wait what is that english it's like, yeah this is not the horror horror movie where you can turn your mind off no, and, no. and just watch. This is the kind of horror movie where you need to pay attention to what they're saying and the general mood of the movie. It kind of harkens back to like those Cronenberg films, mm-hmm. those early horror movies they did, because they were very intellectual just in yeah. terms of there was more going on. Yeah. And I think we actually really hit a lot of that when we talked about it, which was really good. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is that one is definitely on my list as well. Um, and it's definitely... In terms of, I guess technically it did get a wide release, but I almost saw it as a indie horror film that True. got a wide release. But for me, it's it's more wide release because it's exposure. a wide, yeah, more exposure, more of that, uh, as opposed to my best indie film of the 2016. That's only played like in one theater one time. So it, it, here in the basement on my screen doesn't count. So <laughs> right, we might right. Have to look at that. So that's why I figured the witches. I mean, because it was I got it on on a Blu-ray sale at black on Black uh, Friday. That, there's so, your first sign. Right, Black Phillip on Black Friday. So what's that like to save deliciously? <laughs> so the fact that they're selling it at Walmart, you know, I considered it a wide release movie. But no, that makes total sense. And yeah. it is definitely one of my favorites from the year as well. And I had one runner up and it's not because it was a fantastic movie, but it was because it was very memorable was Don't Breathe. And it was because memorable because of the one scene because it came out right before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving. You need the turkey baster. And so if you have the turkey baster, it has a whole different spin. If you have haven't seen the movie no spoilers but if you have you know what i'm talking about and that's another interesting film that um i really liked but i felt it was more of a premise film right where with the witch i think you get <coughs> it more was a full on story yeah but this the whole don't breathe is the built on a premise gimmick. and a gimmick uh-huh. and i don't think people because i liked it i enjoyed yeah. the ride i understand why people don't like it mm-hmm. because they're <laughs> that basting scene it's really it's fucked up but see good that's why it's on my list as like not necessarily it's the best wide release it's came in runner up because it's the mo- one of the most memorable things you know if you've seen that movie exactly what i'm talking well, how about how did your theater react like oh my god i heard visible like, <gasps> like yeah. that and the bad thing is is like I-, I hosted it right and at the alamo and with the q a with freddie alvarez a- uh, freddie afterwards on uh via skype 
they were, they were doing it, so I really had no part of it. I was just like, and now here's the thing. Right, right. So I'm sitting there talking to the, on, to the audience afterwards because there, there was like maybe six people in the audience. And I was like, so how'd you think? And one person was like, oh, that's pretty good. I like that thing was fucked up. I'm like, yeah. Was, next thing I know, come behind me, behind that guy was a, a lady, I would say maybe mid 40s, probably early or late 30s. And her like thirteen year old daughter. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh my goodness! And so I was like, "So, what'd you guys think?" And she goes, "Well, we didn't know what we were expecting. We just came in to see a movie blind. Um, everything was going part fine." And the daughter was like, "I liked it. It had a lot of interesting things to say." But then the one part, and the lady was like, "Yeah, it was a little over top." The one part, and then right at this, right at that time, Fede Alvarez was like, "Yeah, I made this little independent movie about a, a guy who gets a." And she goes. That's the part I'm talking about. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I understand. Thank you. Um, Thank you, cosmic coincidences. Right. I'm like, yeah. Well, have a great day. Thank you for coming in. I think I'm going to go now. So that to me speaks volumes that there are, because you honestly, in this day and age with as much information as we have Mm -hmm. at our fingertips, it's, it's almost unfathomable for, to think of someone walking into a theater on a blind watch yeah. and not knowing what. So that yeah. still exists. Yeah. So that's almost kind of a thrill in and of mm-hmm. itself a story. Let's put it this way. We just finished watching this documentary on the 42nd <laughs> Street. That's kind of her yeah, 42nd Street experience. Yeah, it is. Alamo is really strange. Alamo normally doesn't show that kind of stuff. And, and imagine if we were going for one of our hosting experiences where we would have maybe given them a Gallagher front row experience. But that was like very... some sort of weird physical challenge, like double dare. All right, so you have to get this turkey baster full of milk, fill it up over to the other side, but you're doing blindfolded because you don't, because of the movie's guy's blind. Okay, so <laughs> just fucking <laughs> the physical challenge. There we go. I, I think that could have only enhanced their experience. <laughs> because if you think about it, we were, we were off mic talking about the experience of yeah, going to the theater. Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> that, and honestly, that shared experience as well. That kind of goes along with everything right. but, but it's that's, not every day you get a physical challenge to tie in with your movie with your turkey oh movie. yeah no but that was definitely a moment that really because again that was kind of one of those <gasps> moments it's a moment you remember it's not necessarily a good movie or a no, bad movie no. but it's one of the moments you remember you that. definitely stick it out like oh i remember that movie that's the movie with the you know well there's a couple others that i really liked and again i think this goes into a, what is designated as horror mm-hmm. is it a thriller is it action or this right. or that but um and it was one that i don't think you enjoyed it as much but mm-hmm. uh green room i really liked this year mm-hmm. i know it's not yeah. my be all end all right but it's definitely one of those that i think that in terms of kind of the way horror is going mm-hmm. e- evolving if you will more things that are more um realistic, realistic as opposed to monsters and creatures and there's always gonna room be a, for that yeah, yeah there's always room for that but i think We've talked about it before, people hearkening to this golden era of horror in the 80s, which obviously we're all for. Mm-hmm. We love that. Oh, yeah. That's one of our, that's our bread and butter. But I also like to think that horror continually evolves mm-hmm. because it's more of a representation of, of what's time. going on. Yeah. And here nowadays, you do get more realistic horror where the bad guys aren't, they're not Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. They're the guy next door, which we had. Even back in the day with like Henry right. and all of those. But now I think there's more of... Of a push to get more towards realism. Yes. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. The, hor- uh, the horrors of the real world as opposed to the horrors of the supernatural of what's in there. world. Yeah. But there's always room for supernatural. In fact, mm-hmm. um, a couple of the newer ones that I saw this year, and I 
there's also I always like a reflection of um, how to deal with trauma. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I really do oh, yeah. things like that, but also just in terms of familial aspects, uh-huh. uh, the importance of family, things you do for your family. And there's two of them that really stood out to this year uh, beyond the gates, mm-hmm. which I had. I won't spoil anything. I won't spoil anything on that one. It's a lot of fun. It's a let's just put it this way. All of our tape heads out there. If you haven't seen this film, it was made for you guys. <laughs> the opening of the film shows a VC, uh, tape going into a VCR and how it plays, like the internal magic huh. of a VCR tape. It's 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 VCR porn basically. <laughs> uh, but there's very much a strong father son vibe going on there uh-huh. and also a brotherly thing. Uh-huh. And then the same thing with the autopsy of Jane Doe. That's what we have yet to see too. It also has a very strong father-son interplay going on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and especially with the autopsy of Jane Doe when you have Brian Cox. Mm just master thespian right acting. <laughs> uh, and i love the fact that he does genre films like this because like trick-or-treat uh-huh. and now autopsy of jane doe uh, autopsy of jane doe is very interesting and it's one of those that i do agree i hear a lot of people say the less you know the better off you are right it's truly a horror film that's uh-huh. like one of those i don't think you can make the argument but in terms of the kind of horror it draws out i really liked it huh. uh i think it would make a stronger short film than a feature film yeah but there's some really cool next level like let's put it this way if you're a fan of mad magazine kind of one of the things that comes about in the film plays tr- it's the first thing i thought of actually i was is like, like oh, a, f- a, f- a f- i can't i'm not gonna say okay anything. let me let me do anything. let me do this yeah yeah really okay <laughs> it's, cool it's the first thing i was like wow they're mad magazine this bitch i like that <laughs> um, spy versus spy <laughs> Uh, but it's also one of those that I really enjoyed, and I think that it's showing in terms of what horror can do and how mm-hmm. it can relate, because there are some real elements to it, but then there are also the horror-based elements as well. And I, again, I don't want to you know spoil anything. Huh. Um, another one that I really dug was uh, Joe Bega's The Mind's Eye. I've not seen that one. I haven't seen a lot of new horror so, this year. So I mean, not enough, apparently. <laughs> Autopsy, definitely more uh-huh. of a more current horror film. Beyond the Gates, very much a throwback. Uh, mm-hmm. Mind's Eye, very much a thrones throwback as well. Uh, kind of harkens. To, it's it's a Scanners. Oh, I think I t- I may have talked a little bit about it before. Okay. Um, it's it's so much fun, mm-hmm. and its tongue is so firmly planted in its cheek. But it's not Kung Fury. We're it's talking Turbo about like Astro- Kid. Okay, I was gonna say. Oh, okay, it's, okay. It's, it's, is it's, it Astron Six ish or is very it- much so? Very okay, much so. Okay, um, right. the, the gentleman that did it, Joe Bega, he also did um, uh, Almost Human, I believe. Is oh, the other okay, film he the, did. the Alien one. Mm-hmm. I saw that one. Mm-hmm. That one was good actually. Yes. So that's his follow. Okay, okay, cool, cool. It, all right. It's a lot of fun. Huh. Um, it's very. It's it's all about scanning. Yeah, uh, telekinesis. And you said it's more Turbo Kid than Kung Fury. Very much so. I like that. It's, that sounds. A loving homage. Okay, that sounds There's cool. There's no it, it, it's it's no cheesy, like, crazy, but they're doing it they're because do, that. Way. Okay, cool. Because the, even the villain of the piece is very much an over the top kind of. Nice. Period. It's very nice. It's a lot nice. of fun. Okay. But I would definitely say my number one. Um, and this is if you can go back and listen, to nerds and nostalgia in terms of what this movie did for me. Uh, but uh, Karin Kusama's The Invitation is my probably the best horror film that I saw this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's the scariest movie you're going to see. Right. I'm not saying it's going to affect you the way it did to me. But in terms of a new horror movie that really shocked me into saying you need to take care of yourself, it was just, it worked so well for me. And again, it's one of those, it's a good slow burn film. Hmm. I just, I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix right now, which is always good. Uh, But Karin Shisama's, it's, I, I, so I thought there were, and there's a lot of films that I missed. Uh Uh-huh. New releases. Apparently, me too. So. Well, even, well, and of course, you know, if you go down the line, everyone 
publishes their best of 2016, which almost becomes a I'm cooler than you because right. I saw these films, but also I really like the fact that it's in- encouraging people to, to go, go and out seek and out see these, these films. Yeah. But like a Train to Basan, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. I heard it's rad. Mm-hmm. I heard it's like the raid meets World War Z. So. There's also and there's so yeah. and, uh, the Wailing, uh, yeah. my mother. Uh, there's just so many, so many good stuff out there that has good buzz and good word of mouth mm-hmm. that it's hard to. It's hard to see it all, you know? And, and well, I, I will say this. Sometimes it's not, you know, because I would say theatrically it's definitely right. tougher on that. But now with but video now, on demand. Mm-hmm. But this also goes into the argument of trying to get people out into the theater. Yeah. When they have the option of seeing it at home versus the theater experience. Yeah. Um, and I, in terms of looking back at 2016, we host a lot of things. Because we're, pro- we're proponents of going out to the experience. Because, really I mean, one, you know, we host a lot of stuff. We hope everybody comes out. But two, it's like the, the experience of it all. So There's something you just don't get at home. But um, mm-hmm. speaking of being at home and an experience, um, horror on television mm-hmm. has been a huge thing that's been up and coming. And obviously one of the biggest things I think that has exploded was uh, Ash versus Evil Dead mm-hmm. on Stars, which I saw the pilot episode, but I've yet to see the other episodes. And we're already at the end. We've already gone season two, season two yeah. which apparently went above and beyond <laughs> the the first season. It, it's working beautifully, apparently, by yeah. a lot of sources I trust. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Uh, but the the thing that I enjoyed the most and I took a chance on was The Exorcist on Fox. That pilot in those first couple episodes had me hooked and I, I, I had you watch stuff. it and I had heard so many different things that I you know I'd heard Hannibal is one we have to rewatch or uh, I, I have watch. to watch yeah and, but apparently they got away with so much gore really on a network yes yeah. but the exorcist was scary I mean there was some time that the, in the pilot I was like woo like that I like jumped when the only time they play the music the tubular bells is in that pilot episode and when it hits I remember the first time I was just watching I got chills yeah I was like oh Oh damn! And I'm not going to give away anything, but there are some some twists, yeah, that come up yeah. later in the in the episodes. And you go, and some people I know it kind of alienated, but I was like, I'm I'm rolling with this. This is a fun ride, uh, and it was it was unexpected. Has season two been announced yet? Nope. There, it's still on the bubble. I'm not really sure what's oh. going to happen with. I will say this: it was a self-contained story, mm-hmm. so if they don't get a season two, it's fine. That's good. I mean that that. But they introduced some stuff that really opens up the world and the mythology, nice. which which makes you go, okay, that's cool. I want to see what they can do with that. Because I'm about halfway done. Are you okay? Yeah, because I started it, watched a Have few you more. Have you ha- one of the twists yet? No. Okay. Okay. Not yet. You'll know when it happens. You're gonna okay. oh shit. Okay. Uh, but no, I was. I think the biggest thing for me was it was a surprise. Mm-hmm. I wasn't anticipating it. I had no expectations going into it because the Exorcist franchise is. I it's I love it, but it's not one of those that's a sacred cow for me. Right, exactly, and especially with part two. You know, I mean, well, it's, not even, yeah. it's not even a sacred cow for the people who make trailers. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I love me the Exorcist two trailer though. That one, uh, so good with the, uh, mm-hmm. the Morricone song playing over it. <laughs> and even uh, part three got a really good release from Scream Factory. Mm-hmm. The, the I heard I I still gotta I I, ha- I need to rewatch that. I dismissed it when it first came out because I was young when I saw it. So I haven't really had a chance to go back and do it. I remember being digging it in some parts and being really, really bored in other parts. So I really need to go back and check it out. Now, now the scene that that scary nurse or ghost sheets thing, that's terrifying. That just in terms of the pacing of that, the shot, it's so immaculate and impressive. 
Because it's like boom, right behind, you know, like yes, it's it's pretty. It's that pretty, I want to see with a theater, like that <laughs> moment. Those because those are the moments that really stick out to me. That, yeah. Again, that shared experience, and and we'll go into some uh, home video here. No, you know what? That's a perfect segue, actually, in terms of from television to stuff you view at home mm-hmm. and the stuff that we're getting on the home video market now. Yeah. Uh, in terms of kind of these boutique Blu-ray companies now. Yeah. Uh, like Arrow, Scream and Shout, mm-hmm. uh, the Scream and Shout Factory. Um, you've got um, uh, Blue Underground. You've got like Yanker Bay still has stuff. They They're still, still do stuff. Up. Vinegar Syndrome is uh-huh. putting a lot of stuff out. But yeah. my favorite uh, releases so far, based on what they've put out and what they're going to be putting out, and it was their first year in existence, is uh, Vestron Video. That, yeah, that is pretty dope. Their releases and what they've put on. Now, the only th- I'm gonna I'm gonna I've got one critique with them, and I'm mm. gonna just throw it out right now is the price. Yeah, they're really pricey Blu-rays. Now, if they were just by themselves. <laughs> then I could say, oh, you can't do that. But in terms of the extra features that you get on, the restorations, the scanning, and everything that goes on, the listen, listen to the list of what they've put out so far, Vestron Video. So they started off with Chopping Mall and Blood Diner. <laughs> which is glorious. Which, yeah, they're famous. Yeah. So, so good. And then they put out a double feature, which usually is kind of a death knell with the old DVD releases, you know, if you had a double feature. I well, l- I love... I should say, you wouldn't get a lot, you usually wouldn't get a lot of extras. Right. But you'd get more bang for the buck on the movies. Yeah. But then they put out Waxworks and Waxwork 2. And a good documentary on it, dude. Fantastic. Really good, release. really good ones. Oh my god, yeah. so good! Then they come out with Return of the Living Dead Part Three, uh huh, and Chud Two, Bud the <laughs> fucking Chud, which of all the things I to know, get Blu-ray, that's, I, I, that's a why, you know, the, well, for me, that's a why. I mean, I understand that there's people who love that movie, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, oh, it's fucking Vestron Video. They they have like they have access to that. Yes, well, they do. And that's what we, that was then the kind of the thing is. Well, what all do they have access to in, in the the Vestron Restaurant vaults, mm-hmm. if you will, and they've already uh, put out three future releases here. So one of them is going to be uh, Parents <laughs> with Randy Quaid, the old cannibalism yes, flick, which uh-huh. I haven't seen in ages, but always remember really digging. Um, then they're also putting out Lair of the White Worm. That's an awkward boner movie for me. I and I haven't seen that since the VHS. It days. used to come on. It used to come on the Showtime's late night. Ooh, one of those. Like, yeah, and I'd be like, "Ooh, vampires and titties," you know, because you know when you're like 14 and life was, revolves around. It was vampires vamping you up, titties, right? Pun intended for yeah. uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Dawn is primer. Yeah, uh, but the one that I'm really looking forward to is they're going to be putting out a new Blu-ray edition with all the extra features mm-hmm. on it. Uh, the Gate. Oh fuck yeah, dude! Yeah, I remember you're like you, you put your like ah, and I'm like, hey, dude, you're gonna have those little critters and killer doors all <sighs> over as far as the eye can see in Blu-ray. But I've already picked up Blood Diner, Chopping Mall, and the Waxworks, and I I, I have no regrets with them because mm-hmm. they're shocked full. And yeah, you get these great um, retrospective documentaries mm-hmm. that are just chock full. They you know new Behind interviews, the scenes, stills, the, the old yeah. footage they have. It's fantastic, yeah. and it's just one of those things that I just love so much. And I've got that collector's bug now. I and I'm dun dun dun, and I knew it was eventually going to happen. Dun dun. And so now I'm buying stuff, but I'm I'm putting stuff out. If I get it on Blu-ray, the DVD's going out, yeah. you know, and so forth, because it's all about keeping track with that. But oh, you know. Yeah. Um, there's just so many good things out there. But yeah, Vestron Video, 
I dig what they're putting out now. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what we're going to get from them. Yeah. You know, throughout here. Um, but yeah, in terms of retro releases, but also um, Scream Factory has mm-hmm. just been killing it. That fucking creep show too one is dope. That's it's from dope Arrow Video. Shit, dude. Arrow Video has done some amazing <laughs> th- uh, the stuff mm-hmm. Blu-ray that came out recently. That was cool too. Yeah. Um, the Vamp one that came out as mm-hmm. well. That was a very in-depth interview on Vamp. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I enjoyed it more than the old the school movie. movie itself, you know? Just, like, seeing some of the characters. Like, I based the character off this guy and the way bugs. Like, all right, cool. You know? <laughs> it's amazing, though, that the, the, the quality that we're getting in mm-hmm. terms of Blu-ray and so forth. Even uh, we just recently watched the You're So Cool yeah. Fright Night documentary. And I'm glad they do that so the people who are still around can really appreciate how this movie, this little movie that they made, really affects other people. You know, they actually can get their kudos now, even maybe 30 years later. You that was know? one of the cool things, though. William Ragsdale was constantly saying, I wish Roddy McDowell was here yeah. to see how much people really enjoy the film and just the legs that that even film part has. two, you yeah. know, part two got part an hour two and a half of love. Yeah, that's awesome. The, you can't even find the movie on a, a DVD anywhere. You have to get it on YouTube, unfortunately. But the whole the fucking thing got a whole like love letter. It's to a it. three and a half hour documentary, and that's just on the <clears throat> just the feature itself. Right. So it's like two and a half, two hours and fifteen on Fright Night, and then the rest for Fright Night. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. They even go in a little bit on the remake. Yeah. But it's uh, well, uh, the best thing about that particular thing was the love that Stephen Jeffrey gets, yeah. from, especially from uh, Chris Sarandon, and especially during that scene in the alleyway. Uh, because you can go back and listen to our episode we did on Friday they, night. They did everything. The only thing they didn't answer was the goddamn what is Billy. Tom Holland says officially that Billy is he's a lesser vampire. Bullshit. Right. That's bullshit. Bullshit. And I, and I don't want to say I'm going to George Lucas it and say, you know, you're wrong there, Tom. Right, no, right. Because no, he Bullshit. can't be wrong. He created it. But at the same time, I'd like yeah. to think he's definitely a ghoul. A ghoul. Yeah. Some sort of weird creature. Of the so night. did you have any particular releases that came beyond the Creep Show 2? Um, no, not really. Because again, Creep Show 2 getting the Blu-ray. It's over and done with the Creep Show 2 for me. You know what I'm saying? That's But we saw that. We saw that. We saw Just the Desserts, dude. Those are like, we're good. The Creep Show. We're good. It's unreal. It is unreal. There's the Leviathan one for Hellraiser. There's one coming out for RoboCop. Now I enjoy this. Yeah, you enjoy this. So yeah. there's definitely a market for it. Uh-huh. But this is definitely something you. This couldn't is a sh- niche market. Yeah, you, you couldn't, couldn't show a casual. Right, you can't say, "Hey, we're gonna have a party," you know, and then everybody come. Well, let's watch a movie. Okay, what are we watching? Behind the making featurettes of yeah. Maximum Overdrive. You know, we can't. <laughs> although that would be fucking dope. I would watch. Yeah, that. I would watch that. I would watch that all day. <laughs> fucking call me an asshole, but we couldn't. <laughs> we couldn't. <laughs> so what the special features would do actually? <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is definitely a niche thing oh so. it's fantastic well yeah. um speaking of one of the things that we always do and kind of pride ourselves on is trying to stay up to date but obviously mm-hmm. there's sometimes <laughs> when we can't see all these right and in some polite company we may say we've seen something when we haven't so mm-hmm. we have a segment called i've seen that mm-hmm. and this is kind of that moment where you were talking about like some of the stuff that you watched for the first time in yeah. 2016 yeah i actually have uh that one and a best independent release one for 2016 because the end in town they're both i've seen that so now we can say uh we actually have seen it um the best independent feature release for me this year had to be the most fun i've had and, and it's frankenstein creative bikers oh yes that was just a fun dirty filthy 
hilarious movie. The man. Arts and Beer Festival we just had here in Kansas City had it was a huge number of genre films mm-hmm. uh, but on a Saturday night we had James Burkett's uh, Frankenstein Created Bikers uh-huh. featuring Madman he's fun oh that was well, it was uh, he was there in attendance uh-huh. Jill Gavargazian who uh-huh. you've heard on the podcast before was one of the assistant directors first assistant director on the film yep and so a number it's how would you explain that particular Frankenstein Created Bikers um, to the uninitiated basically uh undead bikers finding nudity in sasquatch finding nudity <laughs> cuz there's a lot of nudity in this movie this, this movie is, is is filthy it's filthy it's dirty you feel sticky watching it but it's a lot of fun and it's just a hoot and a half. It's a throwback film. Yeah. It's, it's one of those you would have seen in one of the 40 second the 42nd Street. Street movies. It's just fucking undead bikers going looking for Sasquatch to make sure that they can keep the mad scientists filled with more serum to keep them undead. At the same time, a bunch of hillbillies and rednecks are trying to kill them. Featuring one Tristan Risk uh-huh. in this feature film, who yeah. was I, actually, she was involved in a in a film that we saw at Slaughter uh-huh. that still bothered me. Which, Whoa, yeah. That- it's 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 getting there uh which and speaking of where the frankenstein created bikers this brings me to the best short film that i've seen this year because hmm. it was playing what at, could that be uh it's good this is the whole traveling road show mind you so this frankenstein created bikers things they came in there they showed the movie but before they had insmith with directed by izzy lee and starring tristan rich which is my runner up because it was very disturbing, and I never seen no vagina with an eyeball like that before. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I don't know if it was a Merkin, if it was a MacGuffin or a McMuffin, but one of the two, it was insane, and it gave me, like, trauma. But the best short was also featured on that roadshow, and it has to be probably one of the most impressive things I've seen in a long time, and that is The Stylist. That movie was terrifying and sad and it really gave you pa- <clears throat> I'm not breaking up is it <laughs> getting over here <clears throat> just having a moment having right? a moment oh claire <laughs> no um no but it was just a beautiful it's beautifully sad horror film and it was just a, a melancholy macabre, if yeah. you will. Oh, nice, oh, bravo! No, well, that's uh, obviously we're big fans of Jill, which she's been mm-hmm. on the episode here. But I can objectively say, yeah, it, her work is always so stud. It's studied. It's mm-hmm. very, it's very nuanced. Pre- very, and it's precise. Yeah, that's one of one of the things that I've always dug with her work. Her lighting, yeah, is the, the color, just is the just, color, just the way she lights a frame, a scene, and it's it's just. Spectacular. So, the, so this is perfect, actually, because the night, the first time I got to see it, the first time the stylist, mm-hmm. I was I was just enthralled with it. And so I decided in terms of and I seen that moment, there's a particular film out there that I've probably even said on this podcast before that I've seen that I never did, <laughs> but I was inspired. And so finally, after uh, screening the stylist, I went and for the first time in 2016, I watched the original Maniac. <clears throat> 
What a filthy movie. Oh, Lord. And <laughs> what a what a palate cleanser for yes. between that and, and, and like and the stylus. Because it was it was definitely inspired. There's definitely. Right. There's there's similarities. Connective tissue. If you Liter- will. Literally. Yes. Between the two. Disconnective tissue. Disconnective tissue. But in terms of just in the, 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 the tonal contrast style wise, but also in mm-hmm. terms of the um, the context, they play really well. Right. I, it, and it's, Maniac is. Ooh. It's all about acceptance. Yeah. Jesus Both Christ. of them, you know, in a, in a round. Yeah, very much way. so. It's that it's that the human condition, the loneliness, everything that happens. And it, mm-hmm. I'll be admit, I'll, as an introvert, I identify with some of that stuff. Now, granted, I'm not going to take it to the extent of Claire, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but obviously, I'd always <laughs> seen bits and pieces of Maniac, the the headshot, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in terms Kaboom. of just, yeah. fan, just Savini and that fake mustache, <laughs> and I found out it was Savini himself that actually shot the gun when when they eventually went through That's that. Meta, but uh, it's one of those. I was I was very moved by both of the things, and again because of that human element. Mm-hmm. Even as dirty as Joe Polito's character, not Polito, uh, that's uh, Don Day of the Dead, <laughs> Joey Pants. That's, mm-hmm. uh, but just as slimy and just mm-hmm. horrid, as reprehensible as the character is, there's still there's... some elements of just loneliness that's almost universal. Mm-hmm. Taxi driver esque. Oh, very, oh yes, very you much. Know, ta- I mean, old dirty. He, New York. Yeah, I mean they're both lost souls that just went too far to the dark. Basically, yeah, they didn't feed the gator, unfortunately. Exactly. Now, one of the other first time watches that I had, and this goes kind of back to the uh, retro releases, if you will. And it's not necessarily unusual for me to go out and buy something if I haven't seen it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I had heard so many things about this particular film. Has the greatest tagline ever. Um, Grindhouse releasing put out this huge freaking Blu-ray on it, but um, it's exactly what you think it is. And I did see pieces for the first time in 2016. Nice. And the, the Blu-ray itself is fantastic. Great restoration. The movie is bonkers. <laughs> it's just one of those weird, not necessarily like um, um, fever dreams, but it definitely Pretty has much, <laughs> the weird logic issues that uh-huh. you'll find in a lot of those. But one of the uh, joys of it is the special features on it. And we just we just watched it. But this uh, 42nd Street Memories documentary it was really good. I, I was saying we need more dirty film, filthy places like that. Where you have those experiences. Right. Not 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 necessarily, what was it, the Trenchcoat Mafia? Yeah, no, the, the Raincoat Brigade. Raincoat Brigade. There we go. Uh, but I do think maybe the uh, the blind basting could have, you know, really <laughs> right. give it that more of an... <laughs> but no, yeah, uh, going in blind with the pieces Blu-ray uh, was just one of those like, yeah, I think I'll give it a try. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. But it's just, uh, it's experiencing that stuff that... In this case, Pieces came out, and I think it was 82. Mm-hmm. Maniac was an 80. Now, Maniac, I was always put off from from the VHS cover. It scared me. Well, it you, was, got a, you got a, 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 sculpt, a scalp and a fucking guy and a knife right on there. You know it's not family friendly. That was a dare movie. <laughs> yeah, I, never da- I never dared. You know, it was just one of those. <laughs> so finally, having the, it, was, it was a really nice moment, though. I won't lie. It was kind of rad. Nice. Okay, so I have two. I've seen that moments, ah, and that's my two. These are the, yeah, these are my stuff. two for the year. Um, the first one was a movie that I I loved right off the bat because it's so filthy and so disturbing, and it's so like <laughs> I would have done things a little bit differently if I were in charge. But at the same time, it was hilarious and wonderful at the same time, and that's Shivers. 
Oh yes, yes. I've never seen it until. Oh then. wow, yeah. when we saw it at that. Yeah. Oh, that's it was glorious. And okay, so it was this is glorious, perfect. That's your first time seeing it uh-huh. in a in theater. The theater with the crowd. It was wonderful. The, that's rad. The crowd laughed when I laughed sometimes. You know, the crowd was like shivered and like, oh my god, it's sometime. That movie was so depraved. I loved every second of that's it. That's so right. The only thing I would have done was at the end, I would have just, just jumped in the pool with the with the wife and the girlfriend because they were fine like wine and just sit there like don't dream it be because i wouldn't want to get like you <laughs> group diddled by like the cast <laughs> oh, yeah, of fucking green acres man you know fuck all that i'd rather take my chances with the two hotties in the pool as to like fucking hooterville you know what i'm saying there was some foul hate no, shit there going was. on in that one that's a really good yeah. first time watch then what was the other one my other first time watch my other favorite first time watch the it's got to go into my new rotation at least once every few years. It's so batshit crazy. I loved every second of it. And you're like, you're going to love this movie. And I'm like, okay. And just I'm sitting there in the theater and my eyes just opened up. I love The Visitor. <laughs> this movie was so good. And whoever says it's not horror, fuck you. Because one, that girl did some horrendously horrible shit to her mom. And Space that's, Jesus. And Space Jesus, right? That's... that's it, yeah. it could definitely easily fall into the killer kid category. Yeah, and, and a possession movie because yeah. she was possessed by a demon. Even Satan. though the demon... Satan. Yeah, Satan. Satan. Even... <laughs> Even though the space devil was from another planet, yeah, you know that's, that's and again seeing that in the theater for the first time. Oh, it was amazing, so dude! It was so amazing. I was like, da 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 da. I was hyped, but that end shivers. I was hyped for like three, four days afterwards. afterwards. Yeah. Well, it's it's experiencing something that you know you probably should have experienced by now. Well, and so, like for me. Maniac is one I probably should have experienced by now. Pieces is that's pretty random, right. um, obscure, but they're just visitor. Mm-hmm. That's obscure. Yeah. Shivers is still pretty obscure. Shivers is still pretty obscure, but it's still more it's Cronenberg, right. you know. So people who are fans of Cronenberg like you've never seen Shivers, you know, it's like But well, there's well, so well. many blind spots that I still have. Yeah, same here. In I mean, my horror resume. Right. Which I still means I still need to explore some of those, fill in those holes while still exploring some of the new horror that's out there. You got to fill in the holes. You like, do, man. Like well, shivers. You like shivers. <laughs> well, even, uh, well, actually, speaking of, um, something else that just came out in terms of what we enjoy in terms of the home video releases, mm-hmm. uh, buying physical media. Yes. That's definitely something we're proponents of. Mm-hmm. Uh, going out and experience, going out to the theaters. But, you know, this is a streaming world now. Right. And a uh, good buddy of ours, Dustin, uh, Mount Baldy, mm-hmm. if you've ever been to the uh, Nerds and Nostalgia when we do our live shows, he does our soundboard. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the cue back in the day on Tell Him Steve Dave. Uh, but Chiller.com came out, yeah. which is the horror streaming service. Uh-huh. And he was kind of- Shutter. Oh, shut Jesus. I said, I'm thinking Chiller, Chiller TV. Chiller, Chiller's TV. They have, they have a, they have a on-demand thing, but no, he got yeah. us, he got us a year, he got us a joint account year supply of Shutter. And- It's fucking amazing. They're not, they're not a sponsor of the podcast. No, but- This is us speaking yeah. like, because there's so much good stuff. Uh, the it's, stylist- is on yes, uh, it is. is on Shutter. So make sure if you have Shutter, check it out if you want. If you haven't seen it, especially and for those of you who don't live in Kansas City, mm-hmm. who haven't had a chance to go to maybe see one of the screenings that. 
it's been killing at the on the road. And there are so many podcasts now that are doing sponsorships through it. So if you like the movie crypt, I know for example, you can put in a special code, you'll get like a month's worth free. Mm-hmm. You have no excuse to do this. But right. in terms of new horror films, old, old horror, horror films, yeah. shorts, there's all sorts of stuff. And again, not a not a sponsor, but no, I, we, just, dig we it. just dig it. We just dig it. And just, I'm not the biggest fan of streaming, but in terms of I can't find it. It's or, Netflix for horror, you know, and Netflix we do an all you know. We do Netflix, Netflix nasty. nasty, so it's not like we're against nope. streaming. So if you love horror, which if you're listening to us, you, you should. Check it out. Definitely check it out. Especially if you got a friend who's going to buy you a year. Shout out to Bound Baldy. That's yeah, for fucking indeed, true. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. No, it's insane. And they have uh, people curating, so they'll have their own little collections. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Zombie's 31. I still haven't seen it. Probably won't. But uh, yeah, they even put whatever. out a director's commentary, though. Yeah. With a f- that I like. That's neat. That is cool. To stream a director's mm-hmm. commentary. That is super cool. Because to me, that's what you miss mm-hmm. when you stream. You don't get all the extra stuff. Exactly. And I hope this is like a new way of like changing that. You know what I'm saying? Because like, especially like when Deadpool, because Deadpool is going to become the streaming eventually. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Deadpool, I mean, I own the Blu- Blu-ray special edition because it's once again Black Friday. And um, there's like five hours of shit. Uh, really? So, yeah. There's like a lot of shit on there. So it would be really cool to see the Deadpool special features for the people who don't you know, necessarily. Do. And maybe that might even spark somebody's imagination who doesn't like, who doesn't know that they don't like behind the scenes shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and that opens up a whole new world. You, you need know? that little fix initially mm-hmm. to kind of get started. Mm-hmm. Well, we in terms of the 42nd Street documentary, they were even talking about the death knell of the the 42nd Street. And obviously they're talking about Disney, yeah. Judy, Giuliani and so forth. But Kraken AIDS. Kraken AIDS, all the mm. legitimate stuff. But they also <laughs> talked about the, the home video market. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, VHS was kind of the death knell of yeah. that theater experience. And then obviously you have uh, DVD now Blu-ray now streaming is now the, almost the death knell for some of, of the, the physical, physical media. media. Yeah, and so I brought up the point: What do you think is going to be the death knell for streaming? Right? Is you this because I don't necessarily think this is the peak, the be all end all. I definitely think it's going to continue to progress, to, exactly. and evolve. Mm-hmm. But it's like, where does it go though? Yeah, because we're getting to the point now. People are satisfied watching a movie. On the on phone. a screen, yeah. yeah. Now I can see the VR thing because sure. you're still a, kind of immersed in it. But if you're just watching a thing on on your phone, that's not for me. That's not big enough or loud enough. No, it may no. be good for a YouTube clip, it's, but like, well, everything I think is also very disposable at this point. Mm-hmm. Where if you're not entrenched within the next within the first ten to twenty seconds, then it's done. Moving on, right? And so I'm not necessarily saying that that's the internet's fault, but I definitely think in terms of how you reach an audience now, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. And people are still struggling in trying to figure out how to. We we can't keep up with it no. in terms of everything that is released. It's already outdated by the time we get it. Exactly. You know I mean? so exactly. It, it's kind of exactly. frustrating there, but I, I, I'm curious to see where it goes. But until then, I'm thrilled that I'm getting the gate on Blu-ray. Yeah. I'm thrilled that RoboCop 2 and RoboCop 3 are coming. I'm thrilled. Holy shit. This is not horror related, but Arrow put out uh, Pray for Death Blu-ray. It's so good, dude. It's so good. Back to the shadows. Almost so good. So good. Pray for Death is a show Kazuki. A uh, badass ninja movie, dude. And there only was an R-rated cut back in the day, and I always had. And there was this, like, you could tell. <laughs> it's so fucking violent. Oh, my God. The lo- the elderly and, like, child abuse that yeah, goes on in this film. There is. 
But they also included all these this uncut, unused footage that add the gore level. Yeah. And it was incredible. And it's not seamless. You can definitely oh, no, you tell. Can, but that's what makes it so much cooler. Because you're charm. like, yes, it's all old and beat up. And he's beating the shit out of that kid. I think that was your first time watch for you as well. Yeah. And that was kind of enjoyed a thing. Just, but I was just like, because we went to a vintage stock and I'm like, oh my God, they have Pray for Death on Blu-ray. And mm-hmm. it's like a special edition. I lost my shit. Yeah, you did. But it's just, it's an incredible how that happens but um so obviously a lot of good stuff has happened in 2016 yeah. oh um, yeah i kind of didn't distill it down to three main things but there were three things that happened one huge thing specifically in terms of being a horror fan or you know that kind of solidified why i like horror why it's fun to do this mm-hmm. uh, and one of those moments and i kind of talked about it before um but i hold uh movie nights here at my house obviously you so you have to kind of be in my inner circle and which is not big because i'm anti-social you (laughs) know i'm a mess uh but i hold a big horror marathon every year and so this year one of the films that we screened was hatchet and i love hatchet love adam green and but one of our friends for, for some reason or other and this is why i like horror this is why i like that experience but he was being he was legitimately freaked out by the movie yeah and it was great because i it's more of a fun movie for me but it was great seeing him legitimately scared scared. like like the first time you see friday the 13th and it scares you yeah and so he's really responding to victor crowley and it was great because everyone else was kind of feeling that energy and enjoying it Mm -hmm. and i'm just kind of viewing from afar and at one point (laughs) i think i may have mentioned something like dude you know he's really digging it and you're like really and so (laughs) we're outdoors at this point in my backyard and i'm i'm actually um putting out a kerosene little heater that I had and I was uh, re- switching it out a little kerosene heater and I look and here I see here and I'm like don't, don't. you're sneaking up behind our buddy <laughs> now part of me was like I really should warn him because he's legit scared with this movie like I don't know what's going to happen here I'm thinking again back to the little young Greg that got scarred right feet <laughs> don't film it now <laughs> You scared the uh, shit out of him, man. Yeah, and, I did. Wow! <laughs> like, God damn it! He, he jumped about a foot and a half out of his chair. And glorious. as mean as it is, it, it was, was glorious. glorious. And I couldn't help but laugh. I almost pissed myself. I was laughing so hard. But it was such an amazing moment because mm-hmm. I saw how the film was affecting him in a way it's never affected me. But even just being able to see it, it was <laughs> rad. It was so yeah. much fun. Oh my God! So that was definitely a moment that just stuck out. That I was like, I love. Horror. It's yeah. so much fun. Um, another one that was really good was on Nerds and Nostalgia. We do a live podcast once a month where we screen a movie and then we uh, we record an episode afterwards. Uh, we did Summer Camp Slashers, mm-hmm. and so we screened Sleepaway Camp. And so, number one, obviously, a great film. A lot of people were seeing it for the first time. So that, in and of itself, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. See that film in a theater first time. But then the podcast we did afterwards. <laughs> oh my God, what a podcast. Which was great. Which was great. A lot of fun. Uh, but we always have people come down and tell us their stories. <laughs> right. And in this case, we had someone come down, tell us, like, what are your worst camp stories? Yeah. And so she <laughs> regales us with this tale of Camp Never Again, which is a basically a recreation of the Holocaust. Oh my where God. These young uh, Southern children are <laughs> paid for to get into um, concentration camp like. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> concentration camp fucking dead uh, quarters where their March daily uh, refused bathroom oh. privileges. All this horrible stuff to teach him how the Holocaust was not necessarily a good thing. Now, up to this point, we had heard pretty traditional summer camp stories. Right. We heard like some band camp. <laughs> band camp shenanigans. They're like, oh, we had a food fight. Or like that. This but, is happening, and we're losing... I. I we're losing our shit, number one. Like, you've got to be kidding me. The audience is losing their minds. We didn't know how to respond. We're right. like, this cannot be true. And so we, and we're we like, yeah, we really can't follow that one up with anything. So didn't she? It was was our friend Lauren, right? Uh-huh, and it was she, Lauren. And she goes, I still have the T-shirt. If I yep. find it, I'll. So sure enough, about three hours afterwards, she's like, found it. Sends a picture. And sure enough, it says Camp Never Forget. Oh. It's got like a little concentration camp thing on it and everything. And I'm like, oh, my God. God. One of those stories that you're like, it can't be true, but you know, you know it is. Yeah, you know it is. Yeah. And, she had, the and proof. she had the proof. Oh. Fucking Holocaust. So that camp. in of it itself was, was fantastic to see what <laughs> it that was happened. kind of wonderful because everybody was just like in a shock and because ga- we just got finished having a good time with fucking mm-hmm. sleepaway mm-hmm. camp. So we're, there's dong jokes and there's like all sorts of crazy like shenanigans and then like. Holocaust camp. So, an oh. event, so eventually those worlds collided. Uh, so, if you haven't listened to that episode, Definitely. please go back because that was a lot of fun. Much like in the, <laughs> much like in Sleepaway Camp, the big thing happens at the end. Yeah. Same thing with that episode <laughs> of the podcast, man. Um, but definitely the biggest, my best moment as a horror fan this year, and I, I, I struggle to talk about it because it was talking about a shared experience. It was supposed to be something that a lot of us were supposed to experience. But then shit happened. But I was very fortunate to see John Carpenter perform live. Yeah, I'm so proud for I, you. Well, dude. you know, and so the, obviously he toured this year. Hey, everybody, um, I'm going to go on tour. I'm going to make music. How's it going? So. We lost our shit when we found out. We mm-hmm. listened to the music. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. We see he's going to be playing in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole contingent of us. Yeah. Like that was probably like nine, nine, yes, ten. Yeah. That we're going to make the trek. All of us going and seeing him having a blast. Mm hmm. It's something we were all, I mean, I we were all fucking beyond took hype. Day off, took the day off work, took Hell, the last took the weekend week off. off. Yeah, yeah, I, I took, took a weekend off work. I'm like, oh, it's a Friday night. We're going to fuck a party with John Carpenter. It's going to be great. You know, and just like, hey, you guys, you guys want to go hang out with Buck Flowers? Like, yes, <laughs> you guys ready to party. You know, just like, <laughs> it was going to be awesome. Backup dancer in his band. You never knew. Right, right. But about a week before, we get, and it was one of those no, things. No, not that, even a week, dude. It was like five days it before. Was, oh. It was four or five days before the show. And we, we and it wasn't even like we received anything. I think someone went to the website and someone was like, hey, did you see where he canceled? Canceled the show. And then we. And that were, spread really quickly between all of us. Yeah. Like, no. So then I'll do the Googles. And well, so we and, all went, and turns out, like turns out the venue, venue had like canceled. water problems yep. so they canceled that show a CeeLo green show yeah. and another like a whole weekend so it full wasn't of stuff. john carpenter because that right. was our initial like oh yeah like, oh god has it been too much he's was he too happy for it a was, while it was 2016 yeah oh, jesus christ we'll so, get to that yeah um, but uh so that got canceled but i had that entire the rest of the week off mm-hmm. and i saw he was playing in dallas and I was like, which is the same amount of time in terms of yeah. distance. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and I, I hit you guys up. I was like, Hey, do you guys want to go do that? But there's, yeah, there's no way uh, I couldn't. Cause I couldn't get the day off work. Cause I just, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. And cause it was the, the week later. And mm-hmm. so I was like, Fuck. so I can't, it's too short notice. Dustin's, I think same thing with him. And so pretty yeah. much with everyone that yeah. was originally. So 
I felt guilty because it's like I have the time off, the tickets are available, mm-hmm. and I was I, what I did. The way I rationalized it was, I was like, if you were in that scenario, yeah, where you could go and I couldn't, I'd kill you if you didn't. Yeah, you know. And I was the same thing, like, dude, and it's fucking John Carpenter. You gave you me need blessing, to yeah. Go. yeah. And I, it was, I said, I'm gonna give you shit when you get back, but you, much deserved, much deserved. <laughs> but you, should, so I you ended up renting go. a car, drove down there, um, playing Mad Libs by yourself, pants, <laughs> pants. <laughs> No, actually, <laughs> boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and. Let pants. me tell you something. As an introvert driving by himself, it was fantastic because I just had a bunch of podcasts, John Carpenter themed podcast. It was fantastic. Hey, <laughs> so I get into town. I get to my hotel room. Drive immediately to the amphitheater. By the time I got, I was trying to get you guys some stuff. Mm-hmm. They had sold out of all the good shit, and I, I mean, it was still an hour before the show. God damn. But I saw Snip, he was in there signing things, and so the door would open, I'd see him in there every now and again, you know? But I didn't know what to expect, because all of us were, like, kind of a, a, uh, just no spoiler thing, we didn't want, because we were like, what is going to happen? Right. We talked about the Carpenter We were conjecturing, we were just like, like, I'm telling you, he's going to come out with the Carpenterettes, man. (laughs) The Carpenterettes, man. They're just coming out, dun, 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 Well, the way it worked out, though, is they had three screens, Mm -hmm. and basically, and it was a uh, five-piece band. Uh, one, two, three, four, five piece. Yep. Um, and he was just standing in the middle and he didn't even really play a lot of lead. He played a lot of the main themes, but basically they all got out there. They played uh, snippets of the, the, the movies from the stuff. So, you know, Halloween came on and, yeah. just, and it, the best is he had banter in between. Like <laughs> it's not Paul Stanley with kiss, but right. it's like, you know, you guys are in a rock. It was one of the most, you know, <laughs> I like horror movies. I direct horror movies. <laughs> this is a horror movie. And then you go, ding, ding, ding. And so, like, Halloween kicks in. And I'm, if you've listened to any of the podcasts, right. you know I still have that. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm elated because I'm seeing John fucking Carpenter in person. <laughs> playing the Halloween thing. But then it's still the dun, Halloween dun, thing, dun, man. Dun, dun. <laughs> it was just so weird. But, like, they went into They Live. And they, they, they started the, the theme. And they stopped. And they all look at each other. And they put on sunglasses and then they get back into it and shit. Nice. And like, um, in the mouth of <laughs> He's madness. Got a stage show. That's he did. Awesome. It was fantastic. It was so good. <laughs> and you know that's what they do every yeah. every town, but it's still killed. Right. Because you're like, oh, he put on the glasses. Oh, shit. <laughs> and like, um, in the mouth of madness played really well because it's more of a rock. Uh-huh. So it killed live. Oh, it was I so bet. good. And then he only played maybe like, two or three snippets of the um lost, the lost themes? themes yeah really it was Which, all more greatest hits or? really much and yeah, really that's what we also talked about it's like how yeah does like how that? does he do this i mean does he like refuse to play halloween you know like you know how some band like we're not gonna like radiohead will never play creep you know <laughs> like i'm not gonna play that that was my early stuff i've evolved yeah, don't go to the that. bathroom right now come on <laughs> no they uh, he played like two and they killed because they're more long form mm-hmm. and so the band got to really yeah. kind of stretch out a little bit more um, but he ended the entire thing. He's like, you know, thanks for coming out tonight. You know, this and that. And he's like, but be careful because Christine might be out there. And then boom, they play the thing from Chris. And I'm. That's the raddest theme too. It was so, because mm. I'm just, he played all the main things. Like mm-hmm. Prince of Darkness played really well. Oh. Uh, Did he play that little. Oh God, no, thank okay. Christ. Was there, was there I was, I was dreading and <laughs> anticipation of that, but they opened with Escape from New York. Nice. And it's just that. Dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun, dun. And it just. It, it was a very very nice traditional theater i really wanted to stand but i was just more just no one did so i just kind of but i was rocking out man like i was it, because it was mm-hmm. an experience something you never think to see. you're gonna hear the main theme from escape from new york right 
from John Carpenter. Yeah. And it's and he was happy. He was smiling. This is <laughs> cantankerous John, John Carpenter. John Carpenter, I fucking hate everything. Only thing I like is Buck Flowers, Weed, and NBA 2000. <laughs> but he seemed to have such a good time. And he did the most adorable John Carpenter <laughs> little dance. He was, he, I was, you were just like. A little like, old man happy dance. And he's doing it to Halloween. It's ding, 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 ding. And he's doing it. <laughs> But he he just seemed so just elated. Yes, just like, yeah, they're in my element now. You he really it was so cool. And the, the, you know what he was he's playing it with his son, his godson. It's so, the so fa- cool. It's the Carpenter family band. It's the Carpenters. Yeah, we've it's... only just begun. Don't 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 don't. But it was it was. I ate six times. I, I tried to get some videos for you guys. Yeah. And there's a couple of them. I really started getting into it, so the camera kind of shaked a little. <laughs> it's like a Cloverfield. It was. <laughs> but no, there was just something about that because we've always been we're huge, huge fans, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But just the fact that he was just doing that, <laughs> lot, and it's something you never think you'd yeah. see. Like that's the last thing. No, I'd you ever don't see. expect John like one does he happy John Carpenter yeah, even on yeah, TV. No shit. Let alone fucking he's rocking out to Halloween in real life, like twenty feet away from you. It was you know? it was incredible. So that for me was my best horror moment. And oh, it's fuck one of those yeah. it's 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 bitter because I wanted you guys to be there because that to me would have been the shit. But if moment. you missed it, we would have killed you. you oh know yeah, that, no, right? no. I would have I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Well, it's really funny. There were a few people on Twitter that we all that like I follow and they follow and I like posted something about here I am and they're like I'm here too dude so I like actually interacted with people on yeah. Twitter which was always a weird thing now it was it was great but it was funny because then that night I went home went you know slept went right home the next day you know like <laughs> 8 a.m. in the morning man uh, but it was it was I never thought I'd get to experience that so that in itself made 2016 incredible yeah incredible for me did you have any in particular no not as good as that man (laughs) not as good as that dude the only one i was gonna say is i loved it at our um christmas show at the very end when uh, when we were watching santa sleigh and like he goes he's behind the old lady and goes move bitch and the entire movie theater every single fucking person at the same time get out the way and so did he at the same time fucking said no people have never seen that movie but it's just something ingrained the entire move bitch get out the way it's just perfect i'm like yes this is what it's about you know those are really nice moments that was great shout out to our christmas triple feature that we had which was fantastic so much fun so much fun santa sleigh was a great way (laughs) to end that one my hat's off to you um so 2016 was a lot of fun um 2017 it's gonna be a lot of fun a lot of stuff coming up now just in terms of new horror obviously (coughs) made it a point you know we definitely want to get up there Mm -hmm. um there's two films that are coming out and they're coming out within the first like three months of 2017 Mm -hmm. but one of them is the one i'm probably the most eagerly awaiting just in terms of i mentioned you know how horror is evolving i think this is kind of the next step but um uh it's written and directed by jordan peele of key and peel fame yes get out that movie looks insane looks like the stepford whites the st- <laughs> how long have you been sitting on I that don't one know, that i just was- made it up dude I just, it just came out it's the, the stepford whites oh, you took all the menace out of that film right there my god i'm sorry no that's okay that's, <laughs> that's perfect and appropriate holy shit well that definitely is one of my major ones <laughs> My New Year's resolution is not to fucking ruin movies like that anymore. That's not to boil it down to its asses and then make fun of it. I'm not making fun of it. Just the stepper no, whites. I mean, just, that's just... That was actually really funny. That's... <laughs> 
And then after that, in March, uh, the Belko experiment comes that out. That movie looks dope. That movie looks insane. But they both have. I want to see the new Alien too. Alien Covenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a harken back to the original Alien. It I hope like. it's better than fucking Prometheus. That's for fucking sure. That's uh, that's still the uh, the episode we need to record eventually yeah. on that one. And then uh, f- they're shit movies, but I love them as the Resident Evils. That they're wrapping that up, aren't they? Yep, this is the last one. Have you seen all of them? I have in the theater. I like them. I like Paul W. S. Anderson. We'll have to maybe think about doing like a franchise retrospective on that. The, the, the first two are great. Uh, yeah. The other ones not so good, but you know the last one I enjoy. I enjoy them. I just enjoy them. I only saw the first one in the theater with my buddy Kinger, mm-hmm. and I just I haven't seen the rest because I'm not necessarily right. And I think a lot of it has more to do with the director. I've just never been a fan of his, except for Event Horizon. Yeah, I was Event say, Horizon. Come on, dude. <laughs> it's just everything else. But you know, and it's not an elitist thing it's no, just but, i guess it's not my thing yeah no i understand i like but, him hey you um, know it's like exploration is a good thing there's some other uh trick-or-treat 2 supposed to come out this year that's right that's uh, right let's see there's a lot of good stuff that's supposed to come out this year and obviously we're supporting indie horror so obviously mm-hmm. six tape productions luchador productions yep. acid bath all of those you know exactly. friends of the podcast all the artists that are out there that we've talked with keep putting out fantastic pieces didn't even talk about some of my you know the favorite records and shit that you know <laughs> that we picked up this year but you know obviously in 2017 as well going to try to be as consistent as possible hopefully life doesn't stay in the way but you gotta make sure you got to give us a little bit of breathing room if you we don't come out with one or well, two but I we'll will, make sure that we i will tell you that does make me appreciate people that are still maintaining the consistency and that's the biggest thing in terms of a podcast quality and consistency yeah. we try to make sure with the quality definitely trying to make sure with the consistency mm-hmm. but you know in terms of uh, continuing with the commentaries, interviews. Yeah. Oh, we 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 already have, we already have some pl- we already have some plans. We we've got some uh, some lists down of and what we'd like to do. And we should also note that uh, the end of January we have Panic Fest coming up we again. We do, and here. we are going to be hosting some stuff there. Too. We're going to have a live episode. We're going to, and then mm-hmm. the uh, last podcast on the left are going to be doing two live shows there. The first yep. one I believe is already sold out. They added a second, so make sure if you want to check that out, make sure you get to tickets soon. Ours will be free, so definitely uh-huh. first come, first serve on that. And don't forget, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff at the Alamo, too. Horror Show Returns, Nightmare Junkhead. Um, our first one's going to be January 17th. We're going to be showing a little movie, a little independent movie called Dead Alive yes. with all-you-can-eat uh-huh. barbecue and custard for dessert. Mm-hmm. Just like mom used to make. Just the way I like it. Right? <laughs> oh, that's so foul. Kick and then also the in the mid-January, we have got a special guest coming to Kansas City. We do. If, if we do. Up with TNT Monster Vision, uh-huh. bad movies in general, the name Joe Bob Briggs is in royalty. Yep, and he will be gracing us with his experience, with his uh, with his Jesus with, Christ with his, with his appearance, with his appearance. Yep, with his presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be screaming 35 millimeter prints of Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two and Night of the Comet, dude. How fucking glorious is that? That is pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be hosting those, so it's going to be um, number one. It's going to be exciting just to talk mm-hmm. with them, mm-hmm. not necessarily fanboy out. Just try to be professional. Well, try not to, but Mr. Joe Bob, do you know when you? You'd counted all those decapitations. <laughs> that that was real cool. You know? I like the boob count. Yeah, that's right. good. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm almost wanting to like rock a bolo tie, but I'm afraid like I don't want to steal his thunder, ass, right? Yeah. So, any other things in terms of 2016 for you, genius? I'm just looking forward to all the fun, the shenanigans, and all the horror we're going to be ingesting. So it's going to be good. That's going to be well, a blast. Until next time, guys. For uh, saying we're chopping, we're decapitating we're de- 2016, and then we're uh, propping up 2017 like a like. Grandpa. Like Grandpa. <laughs> so until next week, gang, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Oh.